Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. 12 shows, 12 themes, 4 presenters and 1 topical talk. Is it worth it the Film Review Podcast presents Topical Talk. Hello and welcome to Topical Talk, the show that takes a random topic or movie genre and pits them against each other. I'm Craig Fields and on today's episode I'm joined by... Shivani. Floss. David and... Me, Ranjit, as your overlord, decided which of the movie choices goes into the ultimate box set of movies. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I think you kind of got that right. (laughs) Uh, so today's episode is episode seven, and it is in fact guilty pleasures. Uh, Shivani, if you could give us some insight into this topic, uh, what we had to consider when choosing movies for this episode, and uh, what does Ranjit need to consider when picking his winner here today? Okay, well, I was I had to choose between um, how much you like a film and how much you feel guilty about liking it. So (laughs) there was a lot of films that, that we all had to contend with and whether we actually felt guilty about it or if if we liked enough. I think for Ranj, you're going to have to just like what film that did you enjoy the most and you don't particularly feel proud about enjoying. Okay. (laughs) That sounds about right. (laughs) Uh, cool. (laughs) So, I think we should really start with uh, round one. So, round one begins with our first movie choice uh, for Guilty Pleasures. And Shivani, you're going to be kicking us off first. What's your first movie? Okay, so my first film is a... Um, Bollywood film called Bride and Prejudice. Aha. So, <laughs> as the name suggests, it is loosely based on Pride and Prejudice, a classic Jane Austen novel. Um, but this is set in India, um, directed by Gurinda Chadha, um, who is a quite famous British Asian uh, director. So she did Bend It Like Beckham. Um, Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging um, and then this um, it's a very um, very interesting film it's, it's really accessible for, for British audiences because it's all in English um, and it's quite the reason I picked it is because it's quite fun it's, it's quite a fun film but I don't feel proud about saying that because it so silly it's very very silly and um and Gurinder Cheddar she's not my favorite director in any way um but I I quite like this film it's sad to say <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what I would feel guilty about liking this film as well because this is terrible <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I, when oh, I first first started watching it I really enjoyed the dancing and um you know I could I started getting into it a little bit and I thought maybe it would get a, it would pick up a little bit more 
Um, there might be a bit more drama because this is based, as you said, on Pride and Prejudice. Um, but it didn't really go that way at all, really, did it? It was um, it, it was just a rom-com, really, at the end of the day. Um, and, and, and a rather terrible one at that. And <laughs> gu- guilty you are charged, I think, with this one, certainly. Uh, yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyone else got any thoughts on this one, please? I thought it was quite enjoyable in, you know, in exactly the way a guilty pleasure film should be. And I really did. I enjoyed all the musical numbers, and um, I I liked I liked the colours and the vibrancy of the costumes. It was not boring t- to watch visually. It was quite striking visually, and yeah, it's it's not <laughs> it's not the greatest film in the world, but it was definitely not the most boring pick of the episode. And I'll say no more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm looking forward to hearing what Floss's, um, you know, the, mo- the most boring film is that you've watched for this for this episode. Definitely looking forward to that. David, then your views on this one? Well, yes, I'm very happy to be here, and I can tell you that out of Craig and Shivani, <laughs> it was like I was welcoming you to the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I've just been sat here twiddling my thumbs. <laughs> So as I was saying, such a bad delay, <laughs> David. Bro, no, I'm, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm so I'm, glad I'm, to I'm be ve- here. I'm I'm very happy to be here, and I can tell you, out of Craig and Shabani, somebody is very very right, and somebody is tremendously and horribly horribly wrong, and the person that is wrong is Craig. This oh, was uh... a, a fantastic film. Um. Brilliant plot, of course, based on Jane Austen's classic. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. It was loosely based on Jane yeah. Austen's classic. <laughs> lo- loose, I mean, lo- I would argue, though, like, we've got a pick later that's also very loosely based on uh, Pride and Prejudice. I would say this is more accurate, mm. just in terms of story. But as I was saying before, I was rudely interrupted by Mr. Fields. A brilliant plot, brilliant acting, brilliant vibrancy, great cheesy singing um i'm i'm really pleased um shivani selected this i've got to be honest when i had a quick look on rotten tomatoes it gets 64 percent from the critics 70 percent from the audience um i knew it wasn't going to be terrible but then i started to watch it and i thought oh boy this is this is certainly going to be different but this is my idea of a guilty pleasure all over like there's something brilliant about this film and i feel terribly guilty about saying that (laughs) Um, I know I often disagree with Shivani, but I think she's picked an absolutely brilliant film here. I thought the acting was really good. I was engaged with it. I thought it was really, really funny. Um, I just really enjoyed this film, Craig. Like, really, really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was superb. That's not what a guilty pleasure can be sometimes, is it? I mean... I, well, I, no, I, I, I think it, it is. Oh, I mean, if it's it's kind of got to be a poor film. I thought that was what the stipulation was. Oh no, was. no, no! It doesn't have to be. Like, <sighs> so it doesn't have to be a bad film. You just have to feel shame about liking it. Mm. Like the, later on, <laughs> so when Dave... we go through our honourable mentions, there's yeah. a lot of films that are critically quite good, but I feel shame about liking them. True, true. So, David, did you would you say that you feel shame admitting that you like this film? Um, well, yes. I mean, come on, it's completely bonkers. Um, <laughs> you know, it's 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 a completely crazy film, and 
you know, if I was to sort of list, you know, some of my classic all-time films, you know, it wouldn't be Titanic, Schindler's List, Bride and Prejudice. You know, it just, it would, it, you know, it, it's, it, it, it's not the kind of film that you would openly, on a first date, go, oh, have you seen Bride and Prejudice? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's something that if you like, you're probably going to keep it fairly quiet. And it's not something that I'm going to, you know, go and put on my Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and say, do you know what, guys, you need to go and watch this film because I do feel guilty about liking it. But I think it's a brilliant pick for Guilty Pleasures. I think there's other picks later in the show that are also very similar, that have music, um, that you should feel very guilty about liking. But you should definitely feel (laughs) guilty about liking this. And I think it's a great pick from Shivani. Mr. Overlord, (laughs) would you like to input anything here? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Shivani, I hate you so much for... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> bringing this this film back into my life i thought i had um i thought i had sort of i thought it was a fever dream i forgot it existed but um yeah i mean it was it was big back in the day i think when did it come out 2004 oh, yeah yeah 2004. 2004 yeah yeah so you know for for us in the british asian community this was huge i remember like a big group of us going to watch the cinema. I think I saw it in the cinema twice as well. I think I can't remember, but <laughs> I, yeah, I just I hated every second of it. But um, um, yeah, I'll give a more. I give my more like in-depth thoughts near the end. But yeah, just I hate you, Shivani. <laughs> I hated every second of it, Ranjit. <laughs> wow, I thought it was oddly charming and quite quite an enjoyable watch. <laughs> Uh, I, 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 I didn't find it charming at all. I just thought it, it really just ruins a piece of brilliant material from, and and updated it in a way, but just removed everything that was good about it and just replaced it with. I mean, awkward stuff. There are so many re like versions of so many classics. Um, like all of almost all of Jane Austen has been done in a different way and Shakespeare and so many other things I think mm. like as soon as we had Pride and Prejudice and Zombies the game was all over <laughs> yeah I suppose this is not the, the guiltiest then <laughs> <laughs> no. okay David uh, would you like to offer up your first film then please Yes, so my first film is a film that I actually think is a very good film. My second choice, I think, is a very, very bad film. But um, just want to make it clear that I am guilty about liking this film, but at the same time, I think it's a very good film. And it is Bridget Jones's Diary. Um, I think the fact that it's a good film is reflected in the Rotten Tomato scores. It gets six, It gets 80% from the critics and 81% from the audience. It was nominated for two Golden Globes, believe it or not. Um, Best motion picture, comedy or musical. And also a best performance by an actress in a motion picture, comedy or musical for Renée Zellweger. But the most surprising thing about this film is Renée Zellweger actually got an Oscar nomination for her performance as Bridget Jones as well. I bet that's a fact that not everyone on this podcast knew. Um, Or cared for. Well, well, Craig, I will interrupt you later. I have made a note on my chalkboard. I will be interrupting you, have a you later. Yes, right in front of me. It's a lovely little chalkboard with little wheels on it. Um, From Early so, Learning Centre. 
So what is Bridget Jones about? Well, Bridget Jones is determined to improve herself while she looks for love in a year in which she keeps a personal diary. What did I like about Bridget Jones? Well, I love the fact you're thrown straight into the action. I rewatched it recently, and the thing that struck me about it is, bam, straight away, you're thrown straight into the action, and immediately there's really good comedy and a really, really good script you know bridget jones she drinks she smokes apparently she's out of shape although i think that is questionable um but you know she's this this woman who's struggling with drinking and smoking and self-image and she's really down on herself and down on our luck and we start to hear um her inner thoughts in the form of a diary and the voiceover works great um one thing that i'd say about this film re-watching it is it's not very pc um it's very, very 2001, um, which is coincidentally the uh, my second choice for films is also from 2001. Another little bit of uh, information for you there. Again, not that anybody cares, Craig, um, <laughs> but it's it's not very PC, but it's full of brilliant performances. Like I said, it's um, Renee Zellweger gets an Oscar nomination. You've got Jim Broadbent in there, who's fantastic. Colin Firth. Um, Hugh Grant, and it's an emotional roller coaster. It's funny, warm, and relatable. Uh, and one of my favourite moments is when Colin Firth's character offers Hugh Grant's character out for a fight, and he goes, "All right, Cleaver, outside." And Hugh Grant turns round in the only way Hugh Grant could and says, "Should I bring my dueling pistols or my sword?" Um, and and it's just brilliant. There's a great use of music. Overall, it's sassy, funny, relatable, warm and emotionally engaging, and I feel horrifically guilty for liking Bridget Jones's Diary. It's the kind of film that, as a film critic, and I'm doing the quotation bunny ears, you know, I should be saying, oh, this is terrible, contrived tosh, um, you know, in, in a posh, upper-middle-class voice, but I'm not. I absolutely love this film. I've got a sneaky suspicion that this is going to do very, very well on today's show, um, and I'd love to hear what everyone else thinks of it. Craig, we'll start with you, as you so rudely interrupted me. How much do you love Bridget Jones's diary? Uh, okay, David, I, I will say that... Out, uh, th- did you know this was loosely based on Pride and Prejudice? Irrelevant. Moving on. <laughs> it's, it's, it's totally not, because I, it, it is, as you say, loosely... Well, as I said, loosely based uh, on uh, Pride and Prejudice, along with Shivani's one. So there is some comparisons that you're going to take from from those two films and out of two this is more my kind of film i love yeah. rom-coms i love hugh grant and uh, as you will know later on um and i totally feel guilty about it yet i kind of don't mind shouting about it either yes. um bridget jones's diary is is a is a brilliant movie and I feel guilty about it. And it's enough said, really. Yeah, You summed everything up. So, yeah, well done with that. No that worries one. at all. I'd be very interested to hear what Floss thought of Bridget Jones's diary. Why Why me in particular? <laughs> just just, just um, interested to hear your thoughts, Floss. No pressure. Well, I, in general, I don't like rom-coms. However, I do like this film. Yeah, And I think, I feel like a rom-com has to do something quite above and beyond to keep me interested for Bride and Prejudice it's because I've, I've never quite seen a film like that before uh, and for this one I think I think Renee Zellweger kind of anchors the whole thing yeah. it's a really good performance and 
yeah, it's kind of like a cult rom-com and it clearly that happened for a reason. There are so many that come and go and make no impact at all on mm-hmm. pop culture. But this one really did. Yeah. I don't even I don't think I feel that guilty. <laughs> I suppose if you're looking through different lenses, now I, this is this is where we might get into sticky ground here a little bit. But yeah, why not? <laughs> like in terms of female gays, male yeah. gays looking at these films, I would feel guilty about liking these films because of the stereotype that girls like rom coms and guys don't. And you know, I I. So I I feel guilty for liking that film when I know I really shouldn't. And do you feel like that maybe that these these stereotypes on types of genre that film that people should like based on their gender plays a part oh. in in society? I absolutely those exist and I hate them yeah. because it's an excuse to make bad films and low effort films and and I don't, it's just not true. There's very few rom-coms that I like, but I, I hate the patronising way that rom-coms get advertised to women. Mm. Yeah, it's like you, you, this is all you really want. <laughs> and um, I don't know. Maybe it's because Bridget Jones feels kind of real and relatable. Yeah, but this one won me over a bit more. So we're, Shivani. I mean, we're doing pretty well so far. Craig likes <laughs> yeah. it. Floss likes it. What about Shivani? I know, Craig. Sorry, I interrupted you again there. Uh, but you interrupted me earlier, so <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Everyone can interrupt each other. It, the way we're recording, it's uh, it's normal. The new norm. Go on, Shivani. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so tense today. Everyone's I know. Like at each other's throats. It's crazy. Um, okay, Bridget Jones. Because you made us so watch I have passages. <laughs> <laughs> I, I take no responsibility for that. Um, <laughs> what, was I, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, Bridget Jones. So I hadn't seen this until Sunday. Um, and I I liked it. It was it was it was good. Um I definitely see what you mean by it not being too PC at all. There was a lot of things in there. I'll be like I was like no one could get away with that. Not now, film. no. Uh, now, no. <laughs> um, but I did enjoy it, and um, it was it is a fun film. I I don't think I feel that guilty about liking it, mostly because it is it is kind of a cult film. Like it's quite uh, common to like this film, um, which helped not feeling guilty about it. Um, and there was a lot of motifs that. I recognized so it was almost like watching a classic obviously not really but you know um there was a lot of things that I had heard from other films that refer film so um it was it was was good I'm not overwhelmed by it but it was good okay um uh, Ranji do you have any thoughts you'd like to say now yeah, um, I saw Bridget Jones' diary for the first time as well yesterday. I'd never seen it before. Um, but uh, it's very much a, a 2000s film, isn't it? You guys are right that it's, it's quite, it could be seen as quite problematic now, um, very much of its time. But uh, Renee Zellweger is great. I didn't know she was nominated for an Oscar, but I don't know if it's an Oscar-worthy role. I mean, if you consider other things that were out in 2001, like... Um, 
the Fellowship of the Ring. Like he could have nominated Kate Blanchett for the Oscar. Like is yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I agree with that. But um, it was fun. It was it was it was better than I thought it'd be. Um, quite engaging. Like quite fun characters to follow. Um, just quite absurd as well was at some <laughs> points, which is part of the part of the fun, I guess. Um, but yeah, it was much better than I thought it'd be. Um, it's it's weird, like it sort of it, it sort of you think it's gonna like play into some like some themes like uh, sexual harassment and stuff in the workplace and things like that, but it just doesn't do anything with them. It just <laughs> it just yeah, it just sort of just just shows them and then like. You're like okay, like yeah. is is uh, Bridget going to do anything about it or no? It's, it's just yeah, it's got a weird message to it, but um, yeah, pretty fun. <laughs> okay, I guess later on we'll find out whether or not that was Ranjit's most guiltiest <laughs> film ever. Uh, <laughs> I suppose next up then, Floss, it'll be you with your first guilty pleasure. Well, I think I'll go with Stardust first, um, because this film is such a mess, but really good fun and it's quite hard to summarize everything that's happening in it because there are just so many plots going on at once i guess the main plot is there's a young guy called tristan and he wants to impress like this girl in his village it's like you know medieval times and he promises that he's going to bring a um well, there's there's a star that's fallen from the sky. Um, there's a whole thing involving a struggle for the throne between all these brothers that keep killing each other. There's um, Michelle Pfeiffer's this like witch person that wants to eat the star, which is a human, or eat the heart of the star because then then she'll be like young and beautiful and immortal. Um, everyone's like everyone's trying to kill each other. Um, it's a big mess, but I really enjoy it. And it had a really cheesy take that song <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. at the same time, which ups the guilt factor quite a lot. <sighs> this is this is a difficult one for me, uh, Floss, because I absolutely love this movie and I don't at all feel guilty about that, even though I know I should in some ways, because you're right, it's a complete mess of a movie. But I, I, I will even admit that I love take that. And oh, I love wow. take that, and I love to take that song in this in this film. Ooh, I, I do, I know. Huge, <laughs> huge. Guilty, I, and I don't care. No, whoa! I don't, they're, the time, they're so melodic. Um, <laughs> the song is great, and I think this story is just so much fun. Um, <laughs> the CGI in it isn't bad either. I quite enjoy it, and it's believable, and it transports me into this other universe that I just love being part of. Um, even Robert De Niro's great fun in this film, um, <laughs> a huge fun <laughs> <laughs> um, as a cross-dressing pirate, I guess. Yeah, um, who was expecting that? Nobody. <laughs> I saw this in the cinema when it came out, and I was not expecting that. No, it's almost <laughs> like Ricky Gervais um, was, you know, it was, what was extras? wasn't it? It's almost like Ricky Gervais was directing Robert De Niro in an episode of Extras and getting him to cross-dress. <laughs> but this is a real Hollywood movie and I, I adore it and I I don't feel guilty about saying that at all because it's just so much fun. It's a great pick. It really is because I know some people will definitely feel guilty about liking it and even about the Take That song. But I just, I, I'm going to hold my hands up and say I just don't feel guilty about it. I'm, I'm open about it. I love it. <laughs> it's just I brilliant. I don't, yeah. I'm not sure how much guilt I feel, but I think 
in terms of films that are often classified as guilty pleasures, um, this kind of falls into it. Yeah, it's it's got some cheesy old moments yeah. and um, yeah, I seem to remember the like because I didn't rewatch it for the episode because I've already seen it quite a few times. Mm. Um, but it's it's funny. <laughs> Genuinely funny. I also funny. remember some of the lines in the script being incredibly cliche. But then also, I don't know, maybe I just don't care. I don't feel <laughs> massive amounts of guilt, no. personally. But how about everyone else? <laughs> um, I love this film so much. It's a great film, and I am the same as Craig. I don't feel any guilt about liking this. It's one of my childhood favourites. Um, it's It's so fun. And... I, li- I like, sorry, I just want to interrupt you there. I like how you say childhood. Like, that yeah, makes me childhood. feel so old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that much younger you're, than you. You're, you're a fossil, Craig. <laughs> but like, I, I'm pretty sure <laughs> I must have been in my uh, sort of mid-teens when this came out. Yeah, I, I saw oh, this when I was in secondary school, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> 18, Craig. Like, I mean... Was I 18? It, it, yeah. <laughs> it came out when I was in primary school. Oh, oh no. wow. <laughs> <laughs> When it came out in 2007. Yeah, I left primary school in 2009. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, I'm giving away too much there for the guilt. Um, we just yeah, started sixth childhood form, Craig. film. I was in sixth form. <laughs> we, we just started sixth form. Me and you were in our first year of sixth form, 2007. Oh, wonderful. Wow, you guys are old. I think I would have been in year, year eight when it came out, yeah. Wow. Well, a real mixture of ages here who've watched it, and I don't. I I'm hoping every single person comes with the, to the same conclusion here. It'd be brilliant <laughs> if they do. But um, uh, go on, Shivani, carry on with your train of thought. There, I rudely interrupted um, you again. I I when I got older, I still loved this film, and I always thought it it kind of had sort of Shakespearean elements with like the witches and just so many different things going on. Um, and just, there was a lot of um, like nice, uh, well-rounded continuity. So, like the seven mm. brothers were all like the all their names are the numbers in Latin. Um, that was so satisfying <laughs> to me. <laughs> Which, um, as a oh, child, is there that? <laughs> yeah. Then his mother's called Una, right? Which yeah. is which should have been a big clue for anyone paying attention. Yeah, I never yeah, noticed yeah. that. Oh my god! Carry um, on, sorry. Yeah, I loved all this bit, these bits, and it's um, narrated by Ian McKellen, which was great. I, I love this film, and I feel no guilt about it. And I didn't watch it again for this episode because I I know a lot of it from memory. <laughs> it's one of my favourites. Mr. Long, then I guess you're you're up here. Yeah. So, like I said, this came out in two thousand and seven. I actually watched this in two thousand and nine in my first year of university. And I remember somebody saying to me, you know, someone in my hall of residence saying, oh, we've got to watch this film. And I looked at the front cover of the DVD and I read the blurb and I thought, what a load of tosh. Um, I was quite arrogant. Uh, Some people might say I haven't changed, but I was very arrogant, considered myself a real film buff at university. And I thought, I shan't be watching Stardust. But I watched it at university. So it has been 10 years since I watched it, but I didn't want to rewatch it because I have such fond memories of this film 
expecting to hate it and absolutely loving it, finding it really engaging, finding it really funny, um, just as a piece of fantasy, finding it really visually impressive. Um, and as I said, Robert De Niro playing a cross-dressing flying pirate. I mean, what more could you want from a film? Um, I mean, it's it's totally bonkers. And again, I think it's a brilliant pick, pick um, from Floss because it is there is something that you've got to be a bit guilty. I do feel a bit guilty about liking it with the Take That song as well, which I won't sing, but Rule the World, I think it's called. So, yeah, I think I think it's a great pick from Floss. Really, really enjoyed this film. I tell you what, though, I think everyone's spoken. I'd be really interested to see what Ranjit thought, because I think he's recently watched this. So, yeah, David, um, I watched Stardust for the first time a couple of days ago. And wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, just, I remember uh, messaging you guys like, what the hell is going on? But I think I think that's the point of it. I think you're meant to say what the hell is going on as part of the charm of it, I guess. Um, and then when I looked into it, I realised it's based off of uh, a, Neil, a Neil Gaiman novel, uh, novel, which makes a lot of sense now, <laughs> in hindsight. Oh, I forgot that. Um, yeah, and you know what? It's it's crazy. It's it's similar to Bride and Prejudice, where it has a lot of tropes and stuff to play with, and it just throws everything in there, every single cliche of the genre and stuff. It's all in there. Um, and yeah, you know what? It's it's a fun watch. It is. I think there is a lot to feel guilty about it. Um, you know, especially as it caps off the film with a take that song and yeah, take, take that <laughs> just personifies guilty pleasure, doesn't it? Yep. But, um, great cast, great, great performances. Just, it's, it's really fun. It's a really nice, fun watch. Um, Henry Cavill was in it, which, uh, skinny, heavy, skinny Henry Cavill's in it, which messed with my head a bit. Cause <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know that he wasn't, you know, I thought he was just born an absolute <laughs> unit. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's a fun ride. Um, a lot to feel guilty about it. It was interesting. I remember watching this in the cinema and being like, wow, Charlie Cox is going to be like the next big thing. And then mm. he just vanished for yeah. years until Daredevil. Yeah. And then when, yeah, when he was cast in that, I was very surprised because I was like, that's the guy from Stardust. <laughs> And I couldn't picture him in the so part at all. To... Yeah, it took me so long to realise that's Charlie Cox. I was like, hang on, that's Stardust. Where did he go? Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, okay, so final film, and that's uh, that's from me for this round. And um, I went for the, my, my first choice as pop star. Never stop, never stopping. Um <laughs> Blimey. Uh, so this is a mockumentary that pokes fun. I kind, I guess it like a, a Justin Bieber-style documentary. Um, it's directed by Akiva Schaefer, or Schaefer, I can't really say his name, uh, Jorma Tagmon, uh, whilst also being co-written by the pair. It's also co-written by Andy Samberg, and all three of these guys star in the movie, uh, and the, the, they are the free trio who lead the movie. Um and I don't know where I even begin with it because it's just ridiculous. It really is. Um, but An- Andy Samberg's character has gone off on his own and released a solo album. Uh, but it becomes very clear that his solo album is a complete failure and he does everything he can to maintain his celebrity status. And when I say everything, I, I literally mean everything. Um, that, that Some of the realities in this film are based on real realities. Now, 
I don't know if you guys were aware, but the, the Lonely Island are an, an actual group, uh, and it's the three guys that um, that are yes. the trio here. Yes, and they've 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 <laughs> they've written such songs as. We're running this. Let's go. I'm on a boat. Yeah, I'm on a boat. Yeah, a boat. <laughs> and uh, other classics such as. Yeah, with Michael Bolton and uh, just <laughs> these guys are insanely funny. Um, they shouldn't be; they are ridiculous. Um, but I really enjoy them uh, guiltily, um, and I think a lot of other people kind of enjoy them. But this film was just chaotic, ridiculous, um, poking fun at a lot of musicians, I suppose. Um, and it is a fun film, but I totally feel guilty for liking it. But the fact that the Lonely Islands, though, they are a real kind of parody band, I suppose. They have actually made music for, I don't know if you guys know, but the Lego Movie uh, and the Lego Movie Part 2, they've, they've written actual songs for this. Um, well, that explains a lot. It <laughs> explains sense. Yeah, that's so yeah. much. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. Um, David, though, I'm going to come to you first and ask you your thoughts on on my first choice here. I mean, this was totally and utterly mental. Um, I can't really put this mockumentary into words. I I mean, the first thing I'll say is I am shocked that Craig liked this because everything about this film uh, or this mockumentary I thought would be everything that Craig would hate. The music, the acting, just the whole style of it. So I can 100% understand why it's a, a guilty pleasure. But, I mean, the cast in it is is sensational. You've got various musicians popping up. I mean, 50 Cent pops up, Ringo Starr. Um, Seal. Seal, uh, Mariah <laughs> Justin Carey, <laughs> Justin Timberlake, Simon Cowell's in there. Who else have we got in there? Uh, Eric Andre pops up, Jimmy Fallon, Weird Al Yankovic. Will Arnett. Uh, Snoop Dogg. I mean, it's just a, ne- a never-ending list. Yeah. And, I mean, I think my personal favourite in terms of songs was F'd by Bin Laden or whatever it was, where the lyrics were, I'm going to F you like the government F'd Bin Laden. I mean, truly, <laughs> truly terrible stuff. But something so horribly enjoyable about it all as well. I mean, I, f- I, mean, I like Andy, Andy Sandberg. Uh, I think he's hilarious. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is one of my favourite TV shows. Um, so I think he's very, very good in that. And um, I, I really enjoyed him in this. Um, James Buckley's in there from The Inbetweeners. I don't know if anyone noticed that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I would just say that if you want to go on a hell of a journey, and it is poking fun at the likes of Justin Bieber and, 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 the, and the modern pop star and their, you know, desire their crave to constantly be in the spotlight whether it's for good or bad reasons and i'm pretty pleased craig put this forward actually because i watched it i fairly enjoyed it but you should feel guilty about this craig because it is you know it is a bit of a mess but it's a lovable mess yeah i'm really intrigued to hear what giovanni thought though um i hate andy sandberg with a passion <laughs> I absolutely hate him, and I don't like Brooklyn Nine-Nine either. Sorry. Oh. That's a really unpopular opinion, and I really don't know why, but it's terrible. Anyway, um, I don't <laughs> think he um, influenced my decision in whether I like this film or not, though, because I also hated the film. 
it was <laughs> it wasn't funny um i i didn't enjoy it there are films that have done this type of thing better um and i don't <laughs> want to watch it again come on with um, the music <laughs> i just i just wish i just wish i'd never seen it and <laughs> i could go back in time and not not watch it so i should feel guilty for this one then a hundred percent you should uh, feel so good gu- you should feel so ashamed right good. now okay. craig okay i i feel guilt everywhere but i'm so pleasured by it <laughs> Wow, you should definitely feel guilty. I can, I can conclude that. Okay, loss. Well, my internet cut out again while you were pitching the film, so I did miss most of what you said. I came back in for some of David's. So, um, if I repeat anything that was said there, apologies. Um, so yeah, I think I was the right age when the Lonely Island was putting out, you know, all those, all those songs. Um, and it was kind of when like we had YouTube for the first time and me and my brother used to watch them and, and lose our minds because the one where he's like threw it on the ground <laughs> that, for <laughs> some reason that. was the funniest thing I'd ever heard at that age. So, um, however, I also don't really like Brooklyn Nine-Nine either. So you're not alone there, Shivani. Yes. I feel like there was, there was scenes in this that I found quite funny and the songs were quite funny. And I find his humour, like, in this kind of thing, funny. But I don't know if a feature film is kind of, like, too much of it in one go. Um, Like, a three-minute song is always going to do a better job of being, like, short and sweet than watching kind of the same joke for two hours. However, I can't say I didn't laugh and... (laughs) <laughs> the bit with the bees that was funny <laughs> oh the bit the bit with the wolves at the wedding proposal <laughs> that gets me I every mean, time yeah it was <laughs> funny I enjoyed it um, I don't know I don't know I do feel a bit guilty um, I wouldn't say it's my favourite on, on the list Ranjit then let's hear your thoughts yes. <laughs> I feel no guilt whatsoever I love this film so much <laughs> Big fan of um, big fan of Andy Sandberg. Good man. Um, I've loved it. Like I've, I like him. Like I've loved his stuff from like early SNL and then you know Brooklyn Nine Nine and the Lonely Island stuff. And you know it was huge when we were in high school. The Lonely Island songs was like you know it was just a big part of our part of our childhood growing up. And then yeah, and then this film. I think. I don't know if I would call this a guilty pleasure. Though. I think this is actually quite underrated in my opinion because like. <laughs> It it just it bombed really bad. It made nine million off a twenty million budget, um, and that's just it was down to a lot of things. I think it was down to marketing and everything like that. Like it shouldn't have it shouldn't have been a theatrical release. I think it would have done much better on Netflix or something. But um, yeah, it was. I'm a big fan, Andy Samberg fan. As I said, like I just I just love the film. I love the songs, and I think you know we we. We're talk, you know, if you compare this to the songs in like Bride and Prejudice and another film we're going to talk about, I think the songs are better than this. I think this is the film with the best songs on the list that we've got today. Wow. <laughs> but, um, the songs were really good. <laughs> but um, yeah, like like I said, I don't feel guilty about it. I don't know if I'd call it a guilty pleasure. I think it's just, just 
a really underseen film. Like it deserves a lot more, a lot more views. It deserved to do better at the box office. So yeah, I loved it. I I always think it. Sorry. Sorry. One other time, one other time. Shivani first. I was going to say, I'm glad you, you, I, I brought Brian Prejudice back into your life. Right? <laughs> oh, Sorry, Floss, go ahead. I was going to say, what was I going to say? I think maybe it would have worked as like several instalments of like a mini series, like a documentary mini series, just because, again, I mean, I still have mixed feelings on it. Because I enjoyed it. I don't. I don't know if I'd ever watch it as a film again. I think I'd just go back and watch individual bits on YouTube, like like a sketch. Mm. I don't know if it needed to be a, yeah. a feature length film. It's a good point. But at the same like... time, yeah, I had fun watching it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you make I mean, very like valid the, point there. Yeah, the mockumentary style clearly works, like with the Office and Parks and Rec and. Stuff like that. It would have been a good series. Like, I think if if Andy Sadberg does does revisit this character and this this uh, franchise, that's the way they should they should go forward with it. Yeah, absolutely agree. Well, I, I guess that brings us to a close on round one, uh, and we're going to be picking up again after this jingle. Okay, so we're on the final round of this week's episode and we'll be putting forward our guiltiest choices for guilty pleasures. Uh, Shafani, if you would kick us off with your final guiltiest movie for this episode. Um, okay, so this is another childhood favourite, which is legitimate because it was 1996 when this came out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's Dragonheart, um, the first one, because I realised there are there are multiple up until this year, like the latest one came out this year, which is ridiculous to me. Um, but the uh, first one has a great cast of Sean Connery as the voice of the dragon. I uh, am Dennis a dragon. Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, David Thewlis. I, I never know how to say his name. Um yeah, it has a great cast, um, and it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, so it focuses on a young prince and his mentor, knight trainer guy, um, and he has to try and gear this young prince into the right direction. But like a lot of things happen, and he starts going all, you know, not very nice. He's just becomes not a very nice person. And he has to enlist the help of a dragon um, who is his natural enemy because he goes around fighting dragons uh, for reasons. Um, and I have to say, the CGI in this film is incredible. Yeah, it's, it's impeccable how, how they've done it. <clears throat> and um, yeah, this is such a nostalgic film for me. I, I, I absolutely loved it when I was a kid and... I I don't think I could I would stop smiling if I watched it again for the you know now because <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Anyway, what do you guys think? <laughs> uh what did I watch uh, was my when <laughs> I I've never seen this before and I was bemused by what I was watching. Um it, 
I mean, it, to kickstart it off, like, it, you know, first of all, you've got uh, some great actors in this film. Um, and then I see Lee Oaks playing the young prince at the beginning of the film. And I instantly recognised him from two pints of lager and a packet of crisps. And I instantly gauged the, the level <laughs> of what kind of film this might be from the level of his acting. And it continuously went down that path, despite having Sean Connery playing this incredible dragon whom he must stick to the the path or whatever. You must make... Oh, God. It was just <laughs> over-the-top folklore kind of um, fantasy that I personally <laughs> hated i really <laughs> really really didn't enjoy this movie at all it was it had a, a bit of sort of monty python-esque feeling going in there sort of underneath it a little bit which i quite enjoyed but other than that i just i just couldn't get along with the acting on it and it just felt so b-movie style and uh, it, the cgi was pretty appalling as well with it um <laughs> I know it's 1996, but it doesn't stand the test of time when you've got films like, I don't know. Oh, I don't. I can't even compare to films from 1990. Jurassic Park, is that from 1996? No, but it's around the same time. Okay, so, okay. 1990, even earlier then. Yeah, it came out before. Okay, so that that was some of the best CGI of that time in in, the 90s then. Three years later, you've got Dragonheart and you've got a ropey dragon played by Sean Connery. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Shivani, you should feel terrible about this film. (laughs) I do. And you should feel really guilty guilty i'm rubbing my hands together guilty um yeah very guilty (laughs) uh uh, someone else chime in please (laughs) this was this was a chartered favorite of ours so i I mentioned this earlier to my mum, and she said oh we saw that in the cinema and i don't remember it because i'd have been like two and she said oh we probably didn't actually we probably left you at home but i do remember this being on your own vhs <laughs> no not on my own i doubt my dad wanted to watch this um do you know what? i don't remember i was two and then so it was definitely on vhs in our house and i remember it's probably one of the films that sparked my dragon craze and i, th- I think i just really really loved the dragon character and obviously watching it back, yeah, it hasn't aged particularly well. But I, I I remember thinking it looked really good at the time. And I th- I just think there's a lot of charm in this film. And and yeah, I, I don't feel guilty. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I feel guilty in retrospect. I feel guilty that it's rapier than I remember. But it... As a young child, it filled me with joy, and I don't feel any guilt for that. I guess. Wait, it... what? What world was that? Sorry. What? Well, hang on. What? 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 <laughs> you said it was something. Uh, I didn't hear it. I just want to make sure I didn't mishear what you said. I said, I said, as a young child, it filled me with joy, and I don't feel any guilt for that. Mm. Okay, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna move on. Carry on. You thought you heard something completely different, didn't you? I think I did. Shivani, yeah, she's hearing voices. I I have a feeling. No, she she can't. She can't repeat it. it because I I I think I know what path she was on it. Anyway, someone message because I'm really curious now. <laughs> Look, 
<laughs> I, I we'll think discuss it later. I think there's a level of nostalgia here then from yourself, Floss, and Shivani, because I never saw this as a young person, as a child or whatever. I never saw it, and I only saw this for this podcast, and I, I just... I just didn't enjoy it. If I enjoyed it, I'd feel guilty about it. And I just didn't enjoy it at all. I just was I just just hated every moment of it. Um David, I'd love to hear what you thought about it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, unlike Floss and Shivani, I didn't actually see this as a child. 1996, I'd have been a 5-year-old. Um do you know what was weird about this film is I couldn't work out whether it was supposed to be for children or for adults because Sean Connery as a talking dragon um, is 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 somewhat amusing and and it does work and there's something very lovable about Draco, particularly as his character develops and you get to know him a bit more. Um, but there's also something really really odd about it because if this is supposed to be a children's film, it's one of the darkest children's films because there really is some adult themes here, not only with the violence but some of the I mean the king who is played the older king. Um, who is played by David uh, Thewlis, who, if you don't know who he is, he plays Professor Lupin in the Harry Potter films. Hopefully, those of you who watch Harry Potter will know who that is. I, I disagree with Craig about the acting. I thought he played a brilliant performance. I thought his king was really slimy and horrible and 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 just, yeah, quite dark for a children's film. So my only criticism coming in with a fresh pair of eyes, having only watched it a few days ago, was... If it's a children's film, it's a bit too dark and heavy. And if it's an adult's film, it's got a cartoon, well, a CGI dragon played by Sean Connery, which doesn't really work. So I, just, I wasn't quite sure what it was trying to be. But I, I did quite enjoy it, actually. I thought the ending was really sweet and quite touching. And I, I, came, to, um, I came to have a real soft spot and a real guilty pleasure for Draco's Dragon. Uh, I must confess, I haven't seen any of the sequels and it's not something that I'm going to be watching in my free time. Um, but I'm I'm more with Shivani and Floss here. I, I quite enjoyed it. And I suppose Sean Connery playing a CGI dragon, I should feel a bit guilty for that. Yes. <laughs> uh, but Shivani, what would you say? Would you say it's a children's film or an adult's film? Because I, I was confused it's a PG. there. Um, it is a PG, yeah. No, I mean, my parents did let me watch it as a child. Um and I do remember there being a lot of dark uh, dark themes in there. And there's quite a lot of blood and violence mm-hmm. from what I remember. Yeah. To be fair, it, For is, a PG, yeah. it is 1996. So it it might just be a product of its time mm-hmm. in that way. like Of its time, something yeah. Something like that. Um, but I also want to say a little uh, tiny bit of inconsequential trivia. Um, so Jason Isaacs is also in this film who plays... Um, well, it... He plays is like a King's advisor, Draco's father in, in the Harry Potter universe, yeah. and uh-huh. he plays a character called Lord Felton, and obviously Tom Felton <laughs> played Draco, <laughs> and Draco's the name of the dragon as a whole. As oh a whole wow, thing. wow! Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> That's huge. That's changed my whole view on this film. I know, right? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Ranjit, as the overlord here, would you like to step in and say a few words? Yeah, I think I'm on the same page as David. Like when I was when I was watching, it, I was just like, "Who is this for?" Like it was just a bit confusing. Um, but um, you know, thinking that, I still think it was quite a fun watch. Um, 
And I disagree with you, Craig. I think the dragon looks pretty good. Like for a 1996 <laughs> dragon, it looks really good. Like it's not like it's I, pulled I out of a PS One game and placed in a <laughs> yeah, but, movie. But there are some yeah. shots like it, where it actually looks pretty good, like pretty decent. And I was looking into it, and um, it's because you know back then CGI was done by hand, frame by frame, and stuff like that. So there's a lot more detail. That's why Jurassic Park One looks better than Jurassic World. You know, it, it, it looks it looks it looks slightly better, and it's because nowadays yeah. it's just all simulations and stuff like that. It's just it's become a lot easier. But um, wasn't Jurassic Park using practical effects as well? So like a lot of the close up shots of the yeah, yeah. The, it was a, they were pup, was robotic a, puppets, yeah. weren't they? Puppets yeah. and robots, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I'm talking I'm talking I'm talking the CGI uh, shots of the dinosaurs. They look great, um, and yeah. Yeah, so it's quite a fun watch. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not I'm not tempted to delve into the sequels. I, you know, I wasn't that invested into into it. Sean Connery was fun to listen to as a dragon. Um, you know, it's, it's it's odd that Sean Connery decided to choose this role when he's famous for turning down Gandalf because he he can he didn't understand <laughs> he didn't understand what was going on in Lord of the Rings. But you know, he's quite happy to. Well, I guess he just didn't have to do much, did he? He just had to show up and do uh, voiceover. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was a fun watch. Um, you know, it's a good, a good medieval fantasy film. It was pretty good. I I did look up um, the subsequent sequels and found that Helena Bonner Carter is in, is in one of them. Uh, Patrick That's Stewart. The one that comes out this year. Patrick Stewart's in another one. Um, oh, wow. I I don't really understand what the uh, like. Do they really realise what they're signing on for here? Maybe? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, are they, are they both voices? I I think they might be dragons. Yeah. Yeah, that's why because they the it must days. be a good paycheck and it, they don't have what, to do anything. A million just... quid and I can just roll up and pretend I'm a dragon. <laughs> exactly. I bet they don't even leave their houses. I bet they record exactly it all in their houses. For, for a couple of mil, I'll do it. Yeah. I'd do that, yeah. <laughs> You'd make a fantastic dragon Thank grade. Thank you. I, um, I, I think I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, Mr. Long, then, your, uh, your guiltiest movie of all time. So this really is, and I mean really is, a guilty pleasure for me. And I thought so much about what I was going to bring as my guiltiest pleasure. And I brought a film that I know is going to cause absolute shockwaves throughout the podcasting world. Our listeners are going to be horrified. Our fellow presenters are probably horrified. And I've gone for Michael Bay's Pearl Harbor as my guiltiest of guilty, guilty pleasures. Um, let's start with the Rotten Tomato scores. And they're perfect for a guilty pleasure. It gets a miserable 24% <laughs> from the critics. But it gets a much more respectable 66% um, from the audience. Now, I'm actually going to tear a bit of a hole into this film and say why it's so bad, but I will start on a high. Um, I'll start by saying it was actually nominated for four Oscars, um, of one, one of which it won. It was nominated for Best Original Song, Best Sound, Best Visual Effects, and actually won for Best Sound Editing. But what's the film about? Well, childhood friends Rafe and Danny become army pilots and meet Evelyn, a Navy nurse. However, the three of them later find themselves in the middle of the attack on Pearl Harbor during World War II. It's directed by Michael Bay. It's produced by Michael Bay and Jerry Bruckheimer. 
written by Randall Wallace. It's got a really good cast, actually, of Ben Affleck, Josh Hartnett, Kate Beckinsale, Cuba Gooding Jr. and Alec Baldwin. And believe it or not, the music is actually other by one by none other than Hans Zimmer. Um, however, I'm going to start with a bit of a moan. Um, and it's interesting to note the film was also nominated for a number of golden raspberries in 2002, including Worst Picture, Worst Actor, Ben Affleck, Worst On-Screen Couple, Worst Director, Worst Screenplay. Um, and I think it's really important to note that the bad, the badness of this film actually starts with some of the historical inaccuracies. Um, the film was ranked number three on careeraftermilitary.com's 10 most inaccurate military movies ever made. Um, and many of the surviving victims of Pearl Harbor dismissed the film as grossly inaccurate and pure Hollywood. And um, Jerry Bruckheimer actually was quoted as saying, we tried to be accurate, but it's certainly not meant to be a history lesson. And a history lesson... Um, it is not. I mean, the critics absolutely slammed its use of fictional replacements for real people um, and declared that Pearl Harbor was an abuse of artistic license. I think most notably, um, the two male leads in the attack sequence are based on the real historical deeds of United States Army Air Forces 2nd Lieutenant George Welsh and Kenneth M. Taylor, who took to the skies in P-40 Warhawk aircraft during the Japanese attack and together claimed six Japanese aircraft. Um, it's really interesting to note that Taylor, who died in 2006, called the film a piece of trash, <laughs> over-sensationalised and distorted. Um, there's other controversies as well. The, the film actually shows Japanese aircraft targeting and attacking medical staff. Um, that didn't actually happen. And that was seriously controversial. I mean, seriously controversial and historically inaccurate. Um, another example is the Japanese aircraft with a completely the wrong colour. Um, but Michael Bay actually knew this and made them the wrong colour so that audiences would know who the bad guys were. Um, but the, harsh, the harshest criticism for the film was actually aimed at instances in the film where actual historical events were altered for dramatic purposes. For example, the Doolittle raids and how they took place. And also when um, uh, the president, who's in a wheelchair, stands up and says, don't tell me it can't be done. You know, it, it is all over the top. Terrible, terrible stuff. Terrible script. Um, full of sound bites and cliches, so over the mm. top, so pro-American, so cheesy. The acting, again, very cliche, melodramatic, over the top, corny and cheesy. It's Michael Bay on Loved Up Steroids. It's truly awful. But for some reason, it is such a guilty pleasure for me. I absolutely love Pearl Harbor, and I don't know why. I really shouldn't, for all the reasons that I've outlined. One thing that I would say... And I think everyone will agree. I think people will agree how bad it is from what I've just said. But the there is a spectacular 40-minute action sequence. Um, and it was nominated for Best Visual Effects at the Oscars. And 19 years later, I still think those special effects um, stand up to the test of time. I think it's got a brilliant soundtrack as well from Hans Zimmer. Um, there's just something about Pearl Harbor that when it's on the TV, I just watch it. And I don't know whether it's because the script is so terrible that it's almost laughable, but it is a really bad film. It's a really bad film, but I really love it. And it's a massive guilty pleasure of mine. And I am ashamed to say that I like Pearl Harbor. 
Oh dear. <laughs> I mean, um, you sold that as a real guilty pleasure, certainly, because it is a real shambles of a movie. Um, I hate Michael Bay. I hate him with a passion. I really, really do. Um, every single film that he's made is just awful. In, and it's mainly in the editing, a lot of it is. Um, if there's been a different editor on it, I can just about bear watching it. Um, but the way that he cuts his films, the way that there's these typical panning shots circulating around the characters or the, the action or whatever, it just makes me want to vomit. Um, I just, <laughs> I just, I just hate everything about the man, if I'm honest. And, uh, this film is no different in the sense that I just can't stand watching it. Um, I used to enjoy certain elements of it when I had watched it. I've watched it a few times. Uh, and the more I see it, because it is one of those films that is constantly available to watch on Sky or yeah. somewhere. And I've popped it on a few times and I've tried to like it. This is back before I sort of got into film quite so much or was trying to watch, you know, I just put something on. And it's just I every time I was like, why have I put this on again? Why? And mm. I oh, just, yeah... Um, it's certainly a guilty pleasure, David. I suppose for yourself, um, I, I, yeah, I, I just detest it. <laughs> I mean, I am, I am seriously guilty. Like I said, I'm not Michael Bay's biggest fan at all. Um, I think he's made some pretty terrible movies, um, but there's just something about Pearl Harbor which I love, and I, and I don't know what it is. I'd love to hear um, Floss's and Shivani's yeah, opinions, definitely, because. <laughs> I, I don't know what they're going to make for it. They're probably going to focus on all of the... Oh, my word. I, I've just got to say, I'm looking through Michael Bay's films on Rotten Tomatoes and rotten, 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 rotten. Oh, wow. There is literally... They're pretty much all rotten. <laughs> um, but they pretty much all make a billion dollars. <laughs> why? That's crazy. I don't know. I think it's just... But we could all talk about... Sorry, Ranj, I was just going to say, we could all talk about Michael Bay, so yeah. crack on. Um, um, I, I think they're just quite accessible films, aren't they? That's why they make so much money, like, internationally. Yeah, I do. I, Shivani, I, should we start with you then? Yeah. What, what did you, what did you, I know you watched Pearl Harbor today. What did you make of this terrible but wonderful film? Okay, so like you, I'm going to start on, on my, my only um, positive note. Um, and it's that it's not like in terms of historically inaccurate films about World War Two. It's not the worst one I've ever seen. That's that's as positive as I, I can go. Unfortunately, um, <laughs> <laughs> the worst one would be Boy in the Striped Pajamas, but that's for other reasons, and I can't get into that. Otherwise, I'll start ranting. Um, anyway. Yeah, I don't like Michael Bay either. And I did actually guess it was Hans Zimmer because it sounded very similar to the Pirates of the Caribbean soundtrack. Those are just a lot of just the same tropes. <laughs> Thank you for that. That's right. Um, yeah, I, I, this film was too long. Um, the acting was dull. Um, the the plot was kind of like well, apart from the action scenes everything else i just lost interest in um mm. it it was too long why was it why is it 3 hours long i don't understand it doesn't it doesn't deserve to be that long like if a film is 3 hours long it needs to be it needs to deserve to be that long and it needs to be 
you want to sit through it for that long that I just mm. I didn't want to sit through beyond half an hour of this um I yeah I lost interest and it's Michael Bay and I think that's all I have to say <laughs> and you rhymed I like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Floss, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this well this yeah I'd heard a lot about how bad this film was and I was never inclined to watch it before this um I don't know for a film to be a guilty pleasure you have to get some pleasure out of it and I did not <laughs> because <laughs> yeah for well all the reasons that everyone's said it's just it's complete fantasy it's it's kind of I think what I don't like about it most of all is it feeds into the really like insidious jingoistic jing ooh, what's that word jingoistic <laughs> patriotic you know self-centered American view of history mm. and yeah yeah there'll yep. be so many people who watch that film and think oh that's how it happened what's the line where um josh hartnett shouts <laughs> i think world war ii just started <laughs> and like world war ii oh, has been happening so ridiculous. No. Years. <laughs> and yeah terrible yeah i mean i'm not sure why i agree that the the 40 minute massive scene is very impressive technically and visually but I just feel very cold about everything else that's happening. And I don't know why this one doesn't work and Titanic does, because it's a similar, there's a romance yeah. and then and then there's the massive, impressive, tragic thing that happens and some people die and it's, it's all cool and historical. I don't know why one worked and one didn't. But I think it's the directors. It's, I think James Cameron's much more eloquent when it comes to making films. But. Yeah, I think it's the, the director, the attention to detail that James Cameron played with Titanic and trying to be as historically accurate to the to the style of the ship, the way the ship sunk, the script. I mean, this is the script is so bad in this film. Um, but, it, I mean, it's like it's written by a child. Mm. Um, I just find it so easy to watch. And I, even though it's, I think it's about three hours long, I can really get through Pearl Harbor very, very easily because it is so cheesy. Um, but Floss hits the nail on the head where she says it has this really pro-American slant. One of America's biggest ever disasters, a tragic loss of life. And this film somehow turns it into almost a victory. Um, and, and it, you know, and, and, and the Doolittle raids and the implication of these raids were much bigger than they were. And yeah, it's, it's all historically a little bit warped. It's, um, it's actually like one of the worst things about Hollywood is the way that it portrays America as this, you know, amazing country that's done amazing things. And we've done this to, to you know, uh, to combat that. And we've turned this into a win and all this. It's just complete fantasy. And on every level, it's just shocking to see that kind of history shown in that way because there are always going to be people that believe it and that's the worst part yeah. about it and that's why i hate it so much and michael bay is never going to change he just wants to show big actiony things and show off to show off i suppose and yeah lap it up this was a very pat patting itself on the back for all the great work they did mm. even though it's not how any of it really happened and 
I mean, they they say they tried to be accurate, but there's just so many things that it's like they conveniently ignored or just, you know, didn't address to bend reality through the, the Michael Bay lens. And I don't yeah. don't get any joy. There's better World War Two films. And yeah, yeah I'd 100%. rather watch any of them. Yeah. Uh, Ranji, would you want to come in here as the overlord and just give your your yeah, I'm, couple of pennies here? I'm really excited to hear what Ranji has to say. Yeah, so my thoughts on Pearl Harbor. Um, it's an interesting film. I think it's it's it somehow managed like it's so disrespectful to the Japanese, but it's also somehow manages to be disrespectful to the U.S. Army as well. Like it just shows them as it just shows them as really sort of almost incompetent, almost, uh, oh, I don't know what the words are, like, just, like, this, it, I don't know, it's it's not as, it's weird, it's, it's very, very pro, you know, America, pro USA, but then also, yeah, it just shows the army in such a weird, confusing light, like, it just doesn't know what it's trying to do, and I think that's just down to such a poor script and poor writing, um, like, I think Flushy mentioned the, um, the famous, I think, World War Two has started line, and that's just... That's so that's so stupid on so many levels. Like that just doesn't make any sense. Like no yeah. one, no one would ever say that. Like it doesn't make any sense at all. Um I feel like they just had an idea for for that forty minute sequence of the Pearl Harbor attack and they were like, you know, how do we build a film around this? I know, let's make a love triangle. <laughs> like, I no. like your impression of Michael Bay there. <laughs> yeah, like, that doesn't make any Definitely sense. What it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, like what what audience are you going for? Like, you know, yeah. you're going for the audience that want to see the the action and the you know destruction, and we have this weird love triangle. Like, I get it. Like, I get yeah. Titanic was the biggest thing in the world a couple of years ago when this came out and you know they're trying to emulate that but you can't do yeah. that you can't do it again I, th- um, I feel like David you feel guilty but I don't think you should feel guilty I think you should be ashamed for liking this movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean definitely. my um, my uncle listens to this podcast and he utterly detests <laughs> Pearl Harbor he's really he's really into his history he's particularly into his military history and this, I think he walked out of the cinema. I'm not 100% sure, but I know that he despises this film. I think Ranjit hit the nail on the head. You've got that 40-minute action sequence, which I think we can all agree, even now, is pretty sensational. And then you've got this ropey love triangle that almost feels like a separate film yeah. surrounding yeah. it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if I, it was two different scripts entirely and they just mashed together. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing is, guys, I feel terribly guilty because I don't know why I like this film. But if this film was on television right now, even though I've said that it was nominated for all those Razzies, I would still watch it. Yeah, don't feel guilty. Feel ashamed, David. Feel ashamed. <laughs> worst picture, worst actor, worst on-screen couple, worst director, Shameful. worst screenplay. Shameful. I've Shame. just seen a cool thing. A parallel. Shame this has a, another parallel with Titanic. Both films feature two young men vying for a British actress named Kate who's playing an American... I also didn't realise that uh, Ben Affleck and uh, Josh Hartnett's character aren't even on, like, aren't even part of the Pearl Harbor attack. Like, it, they don't, they're just 
They're just asleep in their car when it happens. That's so stupid. Why would you? Yeah, they're they're actually hung over. Yeah, why would you not um, have your two main actors in the in the main event of the film? That doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah, but then they they, they hop in the planes, don't they, in Hawaiian shirts? And there's that really cheesy line from um, "Come to save the day," haven't they? Oh, no. I'm trying to think of his name. Alec Baldwin. Uh, Alec Baldwin. Yeah, who's like, "You were up there. You were up there in Hawaiian shirts." <laughs> Up there flying in the sky with Hawaiian shirts. Why were you in Hawaiian shirts? But God damn it, you were the best two pilots I ever saw. It's just like, oh no, this is terrible. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. But for some reason, I love it. I don't okay, know why. I think we need to move it along now. Floss, uh, can you give us your guiltiest movie uh, of all time, please? I mean, bit of a tonal shift for mine. <laughs> From Pearl Harbor, we're going to Mamma Mia. <laughs> And I think this film Here is... Here we go again. Well, I was I debated about which Mamma Mia to include. And maybe in retrospect, I feel guiltier about the second one because it's more blatantly weird. But I think Mamma Mia is... It's, it's like a big, dumb hug of a film. <laughs> and I like all the ABBA songs. They're so cheesy. The, the dialogue's really cheesy. I didn't... We didn't talk about the plot at all. Does everyone know the plot of Mamma Mia? Yeah. Um, yes. Pretty sure they do. Just listen to for any, just Yeah. There. I guess for any any listeners that have never heard of Mamma Mia, uh, uh, Sophie's getting married. She wants her dad there, but her mum is Meryl Streep, and Meryl had a wild summer where she slept with a lot of men, and she doesn't know which one the dad is, so she invites them all to her wedding. And that's kind of like the plot. What a terrible idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's just so many moments in this film where you're cringing, but then by the end of the song, you're like, oh, I kind of want to sing along to this. I don't really know how I can defend it. I mean, uh, I just really like it. The, the thing is, Floss, actually, I, I actually really enjoy this film as well, but it is definitely a guilty pleasure for 100%. I putting my finger on it. It's because it's well. I don't know. Should I feel guilty about liking Abba? Perhaps. No. I do like Abba. <laughs> Probably. Um, but I think their music is, <laughs> is brilliant, and that's one of the fake reasons why I think there's that stigma behind it because it's Abba music. But also, it's a bit of a rom com, I guess. Um, and the musical as well. So all those things add up. And it, it goes back to that conversation we were having earlier that turned into a bit of a serious note where this is aimed at, 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 at the female audience, I think. And for a male to say that they like this film, there is that stigma, I think. And um, But I do yeah. like it. And I do feel slightly guilty about saying that. But at the same time, I don't care. Um, I quite like a musical. Um, and uh, this this is one of those one of the better ones I think because it has ABBA all the better for having Ab- ABBA uh, music running all the way through it and generating the story I think but a great pick I still think yeah. anyone Thanks. else? <laughs> <laughs> um, well me and my friends were big ABBA fans when we were in school Um primary school this is um we used to we used to sing along to all of those um now as an, as an adult, <laughs> you were you in primary school in the 70s no but uh, obviously, are you a time traveler <laughs> <laughs> of 
obviously we just were into older music for some reason. I don't know. I don't know what was going on. Shivani was hip and cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, this film did come out in 2008 when you were in primary school. <laughs> it's true. My last, my last two years of primary school would have been this. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Anyway. <laughs> oh, my last year of primary school was Harry Potter. Oh, wow. Yeah, same. Yeah, that says something, doesn't it? Because it's so old. But which um, Harry Potter? Philosopher's Stone. Yeah. Madness. <laughs> <laughs> that, what, your last year of primary school was 2001? <clears throat> yep. I started secondary so school in 2002. And the other one. Bridget Jones. Bridget Jones, yeah. They were all, they were all yeah, together. they came out when me and Craig were just leaving primary school. That's crazy. I'm anyway, holding up my... We're not that old, <laughs> David, I'm 30 this year. I'm 30 in December. Oh, no, it's yeah. crazy. Oh, happy birthday. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Go on then, carry on with your thoughts. Abba. Okay. <laughs> Young person liking Abba. <laughs> um, well, I think that's that's uh, one of the biggest things about this film is that it feeds off a lot of nostalgia of the songs of people who grew up in the 70s and 80s who like these songs and you know everyone after that because they 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 kind of have stayed on as as um as classic songs i guess overusing that word um so that's that's I think that's a lot of the reason why this film is is fairly enjoyable, um, and it's genuinely some really good acting and some like great all star kind of cast, and it's great to see um, James Bond sing along to Abba. That's that's fun. I mean, it's not um, it's not great. It's terrible. It's terrible singing. Yeah, but that's fine. <laughs> Um, but it's, like, I don't it, think it's not even singing. It's speaking with passion out of it. <laughs> <laughs> like Buzz Lightyear, who flies. Was he? Was he's he's flying with style, but Buzz uh, yeah. is singing with style or a bit of flair. Oh, he's trying. He's bless, bless. I want to That's not the craziest uh, role I've seen him in. Anyone see Percy Jackson, where he played a, a yeah. centre? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God, that was bad. Yeah. Um, anyway. Um, I didn't I don't like really like this film if I had to pick a musical that I really liked it'd probably be like Hairspray or something like that um, mm. yeah it's it's. I enjoy it I feel fairly guilty about enjoying it but I don't enjoy it enough to be like it, for it to be a guilty pleasure I think <laughs> okay David That's okay yeah, I mean, what I would say, I think Floss has made a really great cho- choice here. I think Mamma Mia, the movie, is a, a great pick for a guilty pleasure. I mean, I think what you've got to remember is that Mamma Mia was a smash hit musical on in the West End, in Broadway, and there'd been talk in Hollywood for many, many years about it coming to the big screen. And as a film adaptation from the musical, it is terrible. There is no doubt about that. I mean... Uh, what's his name? Piers Brosnan singing is quite honestly horrific. I mean, don't forget that this would have been recorded in a studio, auto-tuned, dubbed up. It's still terrible. Um, but there's something lovable about Mamma Mia. And there is something, I mean, you've got to be guilty. This is 100% a guilty pleasure film. Uh, anyone that that watches this film and isn't guilty, well, there's something wrong with them. 
Um, because this this is guilty pleasure written all over it. So I, I, I would say it's not my cup of tea. Um, and I'm not sure whether I love it or hate it. But I think as a guilty pleasure, I think it's a fantastic choice from Floss. Yeah. I find <laughs> one of my favourite things is the fact that um, we've now seen Colin Firth play two Mr. Darcy's and he's like this manly kind of romantic <laughs> figure and in Mamma Mia oh, it's great. I like that that's one of my favourite favourite things about this film <laughs> go on Ranji I'd love to hear your thoughts on this oh um yeah I mean what is there left to say about Mamma Mia it's just it, it's awful on so many levels like I, I think it is a really good guilty pleasure because of that, um, and I think you know, obviously Pierce Brosnan, Pierce Brosnan is terrible at singing. But I think we're all forgetting even Meryl Streep is. She's awful in this film. Her singing is terrible <laughs> in this film. Like it's, it's it's crazy. It's like she's acting not to be nominated for an Oscar this time, and she's doing a br- <laughs> she's doing a brilliant job at that. Like honestly, she's she's really she gets passed. Like I think she's really bad in this film. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's it's a fun. I guess it's fun to look at. You know, it's a nice. Greek uh, island and nice beaches and stuff like that. I don't think it is a Greek island, actually. I think it was filmed somewhere else and posing as as Greece. Oh, Oh, probably. Definitely a fictitious island. Yeah, Yeah. well, they've done a good job of making it look nice, at least. Um, (laughs) I think it was um, filmed in Greece, though. We would have to No, I'm pretty sure it was. I don't think it was. Let's let's look it up. Go on. on um, Yeah, why are you looking at that? Um, Yeah, it's just... (laughs) You know, it's... I I even had the... uh, the wonderful chance of being dragged to the the stage show to watch it, oh. and yeah, that, that's an experience I'll never forget. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it is, it is a really good guilty pleasure. I, you know, I don't even think the ABBA songs really fit with what's happening in the in the film as well. Like it's such an odd choice of music. Like, yeah, it's just it's all over the place. It was filmed um, in Greece and at Pinewood. Oh. oh. Yeah. Told you. I swear it wasn't. Okay. I am proven wrong and David is right. Well done. The actual island. Yes. The actual island. Uh, I'm not going to try and say it, but it's. it's Scopulous. And yeah, it's actually uh, the god of uh, fertility, which is quite fun. Oh, that'll fit. Too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so I think we should move on to the last. The last choice from me. Uh, my guiltiest movie of all time it couldn't be Notting Hill because I've already used it uh, in that February edition for Valentine's <laughs> Day. Uh, so it is going to be a different Hugh Grant film, and it is, in fact, music and lyrics. Uh, this sees a washed-up singer played by Hugh Grant uh, given a couple of days to compose a chart-topping hit for an aspiring teen sensation. Uh, though he's never written a decent lyric in his life, he sparks with an offbeat young woman uh, with a flair for words, and she's played by the wonderful Drew Barrymore. Uh, it's directed and written by Mark Lawrence, and he's known for some other potentially guilty pleasures, uh, such as Miss Congeniality, Two Weeks Notice, uh, and of course, um, one I bring forth today, which is music and lyrics. Uh, Lawrence repartners up with Hugh Grant for this one, as I've already said. Um, and uh, I think first up, my reasons why I love this movie Um for some reason, I just gravita- gravitate towards Hugh Grant, um, especially rom-coms. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> He's got a lot of them. He certainly does, and that might be why, because there's so many of them, I just tend to love those. Um, I'm, I'm just a sucker for them, I guess. Um, 
they're not all good films. I know that. Um, but there's just something about about them. There's just something that I really, really enjoy about all these sort of Hugh Grant rom-coms. Um, this <laughs> this movie really does change it up a little bit, though. I think I really love the setting of the film uh, in New York, um, and they cover some really good ground of what the New York City feels like. It's really authentic. Um, I love the characters, despite Drew Barrymore's character uh, being incredibly flawed and sensationally annoying. Um, I, I, I still really love her as for some reason. Um, I just can't get enough of the soundtrack as well. It is really bad, uh, but I really love the music <laughs> in this film. I really, really do. Um, and again, I really just don't understand it. Yeah, exactly. Pop goes my heart. Pop goes my Exactly. But there is a really emotional undercurrent in this film that seems to progress with the story as well. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I really love it. Um, and I just really enjoy Hugh Grant. Um, I enjoy him sort of admitting that he's old, uh, that he might not be quite done. Uh, and I think that really reflects his career in some senses as well. In in recent years, he's had a resurgence of just some really incredible and diverse roles. And <laughs> um, this is like his story, but in a told in this musical kind of way. Um and I feel guilty for watching this film because it is really corny. It's, it, but, uh, but the, and the, uh, the story isn't particularly exciting, I suppose. And the music is this really sort of earwormy kind of music and it's not particularly great, but it's really catchy. Um, and I f- just find myself really, really, really enjoying this film. And I'm sorry to say that I do. I'm just, I'm guilty of loving this film. Um, for some reason, a friend and a, a friend of mine, um, and myself watch this film over and over and over again together every time I see him. And I have no idea why we love watching it together, but we really do. Um, yeah. I, uh, David, what did you think? Yeah, so I watched this film for the first time uh, a couple of days ago. And I'll be honest, I think the first, I mean, I'm not going to do a full-blown review of it, but the first half of the film is certainly better than the second half. Uh, I was really impressed with the first half and I, I sort of felt it went on a bit of a downhill trajectory in the second half. Um, a few problems with the script and some of the storyline there. But overall, I this is a really good film as a guilty pleasure. And like Craig's first choice, I'm, I'm somewhat shocked that Craig likes this because, again, it's everything that Craig doesn't like. It's got terrible music in it, um, quite a cliched storyline. Um, and the music is bad, Craig, let's be honest. Even that Pop Goes My Heart song is is beyond bad. Um, but it does have Hugh Grant. And like Craig, I have a bit of a man crush on Hugh Grant. I think everything he's he's in, he's really, really good. And I know he played for many years that sort of handsome, you know, you think of him in Bridget Jones's diary, music and lyrics, even... Um, uh, Two weeks notice. What's the other one? Not- <laughs> Notting Hill. Notting Hill. There's loads the of them. Boy. And like you said, he's played a lot more diverse roles recently, thinking of The Gentleman and even Paddington too, yes. which I thought he was brilliant yeah. in. Incredible. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's just a very interesting, refreshing film. Drew Barrymore gives a very good performance. Um, it's, it's, it's quite funny at times. And yeah, I think Craig's hit the nail on the head. It's definitely a guilty pleasure. Um, it's not the kind again. It's not the kind of music, the, not the kind of film you necessarily tell your mates you like. Um, but I think it's a really good choice, Craig. 
Cool. Thanks. Uh, Shivani, what did you think? Um, well, I saw this film a very long time ago and um, it was kind of the just a film that we ended up watching as a family. My parents really enjoyed it um, and I remember enjoying it, but I think that was because I was young. I um, re-watched some of the, uh, the trailers and clips on YouTube um, and... I forgot how much I dislike Drew Barrymore. Actually, I, I don't actually like her that much. What? But Hugh Grant, I do, I know I don't know what it is. <laughs> I just don't like her. <laughs> uh, I do like what? Hugh Grant though. Uh, Paddington, Paddington Two is one of my favourite performances. Um, although if I had to pick a rom com, it'd be Love Actually with him in it. I really liked him in Love Actually. Um, and he was in Cloud Atlas, which is incredible. Oh <laughs> yeah, he... his role in that is so yeah, diverse. Roles, yeah, sorry, so plural. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I do, I do like Hugh Grant. Um, this film was kind of just mediocre, I guess. Um, so the same of Mamma Mia is. I didn't like it enough for it to be for me to feel guilty about it because I don't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Floss, then, let's hear your thoughts. Um, yeah, I mean, I've already said I'm not the biggest rom-com fan. And there was, there was nothing bad about this, but it's just so not my kind of thing that it's not like I'm indulging myself and watching, watching a film that is bad, but I, I just love the film. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's not my kind of film. I thought. Wait a second, like, did you like parody, it? <laughs> <laughs> the parody of like the 80s pop band music video, that was funny. Um, they kind of, they did a nice job of like building the friendship between the two first. And I don't know, like it was, it was fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fine. Oh dear. Yeah. Inoffensive. Okay. But you know, if you're if you're into rom coms, then I guess there's like more more appeal to be in with. Okay. <laughs> but I'm not sorry. That's okay. Ranji, I'd love to hear your views now. Yes. <laughs> um I feel like we watched two different films, Craig, because the the music and lyrics that I watched was just so boring. It was so empty. Like, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't like any of the characters. Like, I really didn't like Drew, Bar- Drew Barrymore in this film. I thought she's really quite, she's quite bad in this film. Um, and yeah, it just, it just wasn't engaging to me. Like, I feel like that's the worst, the worst crime a movie could do is lose your, you know, well, that is the worst crime a movie could do is lose your engagement and, and be boring and that's exactly what this film did to me there wasn't it just felt hollow like there was there was no meat in there it's just you know just a burger with nothing in it <laughs> just, just, oh, it was, you're doing a david now yeah but, food analogies <laughs> it was just a bun yeah it was just, it was just <laughs> nothing just a bun like, i don't know i don't know i couldn't i couldn't relate to anyone couldn't engage with the story like i just it was just yeah it just felt so just a bun yeah honestly just a bun but yeah mm. no salad no sauce nope. or just, just literally the, just the bun wow <laughs> yeah that is very dry okay. <laughs> yeah 
Well, I'll tell you what. Well, we've now come to the end of presenting our movie choices for Guilty Pleasures. But I think before we head on over to our overlord, some of you guys have some memorable, uh, or sorry, or memorable or honourable mentions uh, for films that you think are also very quite guilty. Um, uh, Shivani, have you got some? Uh, yes. <laughs> so I, I spent a long time trying to pick my, my film um on my films um and I sort of was playing with how guilty I felt about things and how much I liked things and there was one film that cropped up that you guys all had very strong opinions about and I just I just want to bring it I just want to bring it to the conversation and I want to have a conversation about this cat in the hat now, I don't feel unwatchable non- nonsense. What on earth? I don't feel guilty about liking this film. It's a oh. great film, as far there as there is something I'm very concerned. wrong with you. Then, yeah, very... <laughs> I would say There's the same. No but you picking Shivani. Shrek as the best family film, so let's not go there. <laughs> um, and both Mike Myers, by the way, just. You know, no, Cat in the Hat is 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 a great film. And I the reason I couldn't pick it was because I don't feel in any way guilty. Discuss. Craig, would you like to formally apologize <laughs> to our viewers and our listeners? Uh, I would like to take this opportunity to uh, apologize um, because we are going to cut this bit short because this t- doesn't, wow. it's not even worth talking about Shivani. The Cat <laughs> in the Hat. What on earth? Are you thinking of I even like having that as to... an honourable mention? Yes, because it's good. And if that's what all you can you say, think? it's clearly not. I don't think I've ever seen Cat in the Hat. Except from like, <gasps> as a weird, like, I've seen it in GIFs on the internet. Normally it's like the punchline to something. So I don't know if I ever want to see it. Quite morbidly. Don't oh, I think now. you should. I think you should watch it. I don't think you should. I I, I just don't get I, why people <laughs> hate this film so much. I just don't get it. Because it's terrible. Does anybody else have any honourable mentions? Oh, I really struggle. I was just thinking, Craig, and I'll keep it very. Oh, sorry. No, after you, David. I'll keep it. I'll keep it very, very brief. Um, it was a film that I gave a terrible review to, but for some reason. The more I think about it, the more it is a bit of a guilty pleasure, and it's the greatest showman. And I'll say Ooh. no more. Oh no, that's bad. Mm. That's, that's, that's bad. Film. It is bad. It is very bad. But for some reason, it's a bit of a guilty pleasure, and I hate to admit it. You should say no more. Say no more. Floss, you got one? I uh, yeah, I had so many because I just really couldn't struggle to pick two. Um, yeah, I could have picked anything from like five and onwards in the Fast and Furious franchise because <laughs> there's clearly a market for them even though they're so dumb and so not about what they were originally mm. about anymore. I was thinking about High School Musical, any of the three. Um, oh, wow. Rouge. I've never seen it. And what? what? Wow. Which ones? <laughs> I've never, I've, never oh, on this I've never seen any of the High School Musicals. Shivani, how oh, did your childhood involve ABBA but not High School Musical? <laughs> Told you she's a time traveller. <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe, yeah. I mean, those are films with like, you know, a terrible plot and 
bad acting, but the musical numbers are so fun and so catchy. So I nearly picked that, and then I went for Mamma Mia because that's maybe even slightly more cringe because it's all adults. (laughs) (laughs) Julie Walters and Meryl Streep and people who have got many awards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, um, I don't I don't have anything else to to say that's honourable, but um, yeah, I think now we're going to go to a patron ad, and when we return, Ranji the Overlord Namra will give us his rundown. We interrupt this broadcast or visit Worth It the Film Review podcast for an important announcement. If you're enjoying the podcast, we would like to remind you that you can now become a Patreon supporter for as little as $3 a month. This helps the podcast to continue to grow as well as offering the potential for bonus content and Is It Worth It merchandise. Your support helps the podcast stay alive. So why not become a Patreon supporter today? Head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash Is It Worth It podcast. Ranji, uh, thanks for coming back and being our overlord and overlording our uh, guiltiest of pleasures. Uh, how have you found this episode so far? This was a very interesting episode. Like you've all chosen some really good, good guilty pleasures here. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been an interesting conversation. Um, just, I'll give you a quick rundown. I'll keep it brief because I've already said quite a bit about these films. So, Bride and Prejudice. Yeah, just <laughs> brought back some awful <laughs> memories. Awful, awful memories for me. Like it's just a film that, <laughs> even as even for a musical and a film that has so much to play with with the Bollywood genre, I think I feel like the songs are just boring. There's no memorable good songs that come out of it. Um, oh the film, no, you can't say that. You know what song I want? I can. I'm talking about. I don't. No. Okay. Fine. Um, yeah, just full of stereotypes and just plays into the stereotypes. Doesn't do anything to subvert anything. It's quite, it's quite, it's a shame, really. And um, there's one thing that really confused me about it as well. That they, the, the family, they they keep saying that they they need their daughters to marry someone rich so they have no more worries. But they live in like a mansion in in India, like and they have like servants and stuff, and it looks like I don't I don't get it. Like, what, no, are they well quite... off? I did not. That's quite quite common in in because it like the this is just technical but the um, exchange rate is ridiculous so like a, not a lot of money here would be yeah I know I know but there. you still don't get a house like that I don't know it's just odd um, yeah and it's similar to uh, Stardust in the way that you know they both have lots to play with their genres um, Stardust does a better job of just throwing everything from that genre into there and just it was a fun watch I liked Stardust um, again good guilty pleasure and it caps off with a take that song so you know bonus points for that <laughs> Popstar <laughs> Popstar said is not a guilty pleasure in my book it's underrated and underseen um, it's just generally a good film a good really good one of the best comedies of the last decade I would say um, wow yeah, uh, Bridget Jones, much better than I thought it would be. Uh, good guilty pleasure again. Uh, good performances, you know, good uh, interesting characters. Um, yeah, and, and a good watch, fun watch. Dragonheart, I had fun watching that as well. Like I like Sean Connery as a weird dragon. Um, I love the production design as well. I think some of the sets and stuff are pretty cool. 
Um, but yeah, that was a fun watch. And then Pearl Harbor, it's not a great pleasure. It's just a bad film. It's just disrespectful. <laughs> it's disrespectful to the people who died and the yeah. you know the, the real world event that happened. Like it's horrible. It's, it should just be erased from film history, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, like I said, they just had an idea to to recreate that Pearl Harbor attack and just came up with a awful story around it, or they had another script lying around which they've just thrown into here, and it just doesn't it doesn't work. Um, and yeah, and then we have Mamma Mia. Um, uh, yeah, just <laughs> we said a lot about Mamma Mia already. Like like I said, Meryl Streep's awful in it. Pierce Brosnan is awful in it. The songs are annoying. <laughs> I'm not a fan of ABBA, um, but I think that makes it the ultimate guilty pleasure <laughs> because of, oh because it has it has it has everything going for it. It has you know it's a bad film. It, bad performances you know cringy cringy uh, and like it's cliche that's exactly what you want from guilty pleasure and going back to what you said at the start shivani of what i would be embarrassed by telling people i like (laughs) it's mamma mia like i'd be so embarrassed telling people i love it Um, just sort of a a good thing in its favor is the fact that they did sing-along screenings of it and we went and saw that as a sing-along screening back in 2008 and I think that automatically makes it guilty exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah it's it, you know it's it's the embodiment of what guilty pleasure means and yeah in my opinion it's Mamma Mia well hey well done for <laughs> us that's wow. the third one in a row that you've won now Floss oh wow yeah Empire Strike yeah. Back Shrek and now we're Wow. Three absolute classics. Yeah. <laughs> this is making our box set very valuable. <laughs> very diverse. I've got to say, I didn't know where Ranjit was going to go um, with, with, with his, his, his selection. Um, I, think, I think he's made a really good choice, actually. Mamma Mia is a fantastic guilty yeah. pleasure. You have to be guilty yeah. to watch Mamma Mia. You've just got so to be. do. For all the reasons yeah. that uh, Ranji outlined, yeah. I think Star- great choice. Ranji. I think Stardust came in as a close second, but I think that's yeah. that's that's just quite a fun film to watch. It's it's better than a guilty pleasure. Like it's it's much more it's much more well made. But yeah, Mamma Mia is the ultimate guilty pleasure. <laughs> She's got the giggle pops. Come in with Shivani laughing. It's comedy gold. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for listening to topical talk we all hope you've enjoyed listening to this mum's episode the next episode of topical talk will be out in august and it will be of course coming of age i've done this several times if you've got a movie that fits with the coming of age theme then we want to know let us know what films you'd suggest as the ultimate coming of age movie ahead of the episode in August for a chance to have your idea read out. You can contact us through the show. You know, you can contact us in many, many ways. You know, there's, there's social media, there's email, Shivani. What, 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 how can our wonderful listeners okay, contact us? Okay, I can't us? wait to hear this. <laughs> Okay, it's okay. You can email the show at my email is worth it at isitworthitpodcast.com. Shivani, can you carry on? 
yes, um, <clears throat> that is Mum Hill is worth it. Is it worth it? Podcast.com. Or you can send us a DM on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just go to the website www.isitworthitpodcast.com. <laughs> and you can click uh, the links to our, links our social media. <laughs> If you'd like to help with the podcast, why not leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts along with a nice written review? Or you can just leave no no stars. Is it worth that? I don't know. Oh my gosh. You can subscribe to the podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Acast to name but a few. And of course, wherever you're listening to this episode right now. Okay, we'd like to finally thank our Patreon supporters. You guys are awesome and we appreciate your support. If you wanted to be a patron supporter, oh God, if you wanted to be a patron, then use the links in the description to find out more. <laughs> and all that's left to say is goodbye from me. I don't know what the hell just happened, but goodbye. goodbye. <laughs> Stay safe, everyone. Goodbye. goodbye. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm actually crying. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't think we've ever done an outro that's just been laughing the entire way. It's going to be incredible. Okay. You have to save, you have to save all those failed takes. Put them on a memory yeah. stick somewhere, and then and then one day we can listen back. Yeah. Oh no, you should save all the outtakes from like every episode and have an outtakes episode. Just oh, us laughing. Yeah. The entire time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I never know why. <laughs> Where did that? Why did that? Start That'll make going for good listening. I like that ending. I don't know if you got across what we were trying to say there. <laughs>